Good morning. Please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Help us now to hear and obey what you say to us today. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I'll be reading through two scripture verses today. First be Hebrews 12, 28 through 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And the next verse is from 1 Peter 3, 13 through 18. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against you, against your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring, uh, to bring you to God. And this is the word of the Lord. Well, it always feels like coming home uh, when, I, when we come to Middle Street. And uh, Tracy and I are here this morning, and we absolutely love... Um, to visit you all, um, because my, my mind just goes into memories. And I think of uh, Pastor Chris serving on our board, and, and Dee, I have that picture of you from, uh, from yesterday, uh, when you were a camper, and it was just, um, you're kind of standing there right in front of Sunnyvale, and uh, just memories. I saw, I saw Tim and Luciana, they said, we're not going to be there tomorrow, because we're up, we're up there. <laughs> so I saw them at the campfire yesterday. And, uh, and just memories with kids and, uh, and kids, <laughs> Mindy, and uh, it, just, it, brings, it just warms my heart. So if you're unfamiliar with Camp Sentinel, um, this church has such a strong, strong support of Sentinel over the years. I've been at Sentinel um, for the last 17 years, and um, I know those milestones because I look at my children. Tucker now, uh, he lives in Newburyport, so he doesn't even live at camp anymore. He's 23. Abigail's 21, and she serves as our assistant camp director. Owen, we try to keep him as a kid, but he's, he's almost 15. He'll be 15 in just a few, uh, a few months. And uh, he said, can we work this summer? We said, no, you can't be on staff yet. <laughs> so um, be a camper, enjoy your time. Uh, but Sentinel is located about an hour north of here. As you go up to Ossipee, right up 16, make a left. And then it's a beautiful place on 600 acres, a mile of water frontage. Um, I often say God doesn't speak any louder in the outdoors. It's just so much easier to hear God. It's just a beautiful place. And we need those times to be still and to know that he is God. Those time away from distraction. But the message I wanted to share with you this morning really fits into the service beautifully. I note my father's world, and Chris and I didn't talk about that, whoever chose the music, and I'll note that. And uh, time in nature is important because time in nature grounds us. It takes us 
closer to experience God in a powerful way. But thank you for standing with us in in mission and ministry. We see about 600 kids each summer and uh, throughout the summer with overnight and day camp experiences. And uh, just this last week, we are, as I say to the staff, in it. We had 70 folks homeschoolers for a homeschool prom on Thursday night that we had. A lot of people don't know these side things that we do. Um, And then we had a pastor's retreat, and this afternoon we have a homeschool camp. We have several families coming up this week. We have church retreats. Um, uh, Like I said, we're in it. When COVID hit, I I shared this actually last year with some of you, um, we turned into a school, and we, those parents who were not able to stay home with their children, we saw 30 children um, that came to Sentinel Lodge, and we became uh, mentors to those students and, uh, and helped them in the local community. And uh, that was a sweet moment for us to be able to do that, and we're thankful. So, But uh, Sentinel stands strong because we are not shaken, as God is our refuge and strength. So, The message I wanted to share with you is, is hope and reverence. Um, reverence that we have for God. And as I was doing some research, I noticed this past year in the computer Google searches, um, how to heal reached an all-time high in the search. How to heal. That's what people were Google searching. Across the world, we are looking for ways to come back strong again. Um, The other search was how to be hopeful. Um, How to be hopeful. So these are the questions people are asking as a popular search. All of us are looking for ways to heal from different challenges, from external circumstances, and how we heal, I truly believe, is where we place our hope. 1 Peter 3, 18 to 17, so packed around the verses that I shared, talk about ways to enjoy life and see good days. And that's not necessarily external, that's internal, and that begins with our hope in God. If we want to love life and see good days, I'll read a few verses again that Gary read. Finally, all of you in 1 Peter 3, 8, be like-minded, be sympathetic. There's that word again, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. Verse 10, as I read to the children, whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. And the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The question comes up, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you would suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear the threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere or set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have, and do this with gentleness and respect. Enjoying life and seeing good days comes from being heavenly focused. 1 Peter 3.15, again, is the verse that we are focusing on this year. Slowing the verse down and leaning into each word deeply. 
This verse provides a roadmap for each of us to have that hope for the future, that next step we make, taking that next step by worshiping God acceptably with reverence and with awe. Today, I'd like to just slow down the first part of that verse, that first sentence, and just really examine it. Hope for the future begins with revering Christ as Lord in our hearts and lives. And we do this by remembering three things. First, what does it mean to revere God? Secondly, and this is a little deep thought, but it's important. It's an important truth. Reverence for God leads to a deeper awareness of God all around us. That's where the heavenly focus comes. And then how practically do we develop an attitude of reverence? What does it mean to revere God? To be reverent means to live with the constant conscious awareness that we are in the presence of an awesome and holy God. We come to church on Sundays. We worship. Sundays are a day that are set apart from the rest of the week. We come to worship, to pray together, to lament, to fellowship, and to have the reminder of reverence for God in our lives. Again, it's that day set apart. The Bible uses the word reverence and fear interchangeably. To revere God is to fear God. To fear God means that we don't want to displease God including our love for God and our awe of God. We see this awe in the New Testament, in the Old, well, the Old and New, but particularly the Old Testament. God gave us specific instructions to the Israelites for the reverence of him in his dwelling place, the Holy of Holies, and it's the tabernacle that we see later in the temple. There's actually a replica of the biblical tabernacle in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I remember going to this several times as a kiddo. And Tracy and I have taken our family there to see it. Again, this biblical tabernacle, and it's just, it's pretty cool. It's in Lancaster. The Holy of Holies, or the Holy Place, is in Exodus 28, 35. And it was the most sacred room with the tabernacle or the temple. The high priest was allowed to enter this room only once a year on the Day of Atonement. And when the priest entered, he had to wear clothes that God specifically specified. The high priest normally wore the breastplate, the ephod, the robe, the tunic, and the turban, which is in Exodus 28. The bells and the rope were the things I remember as a 12-year-old boy. The rope had bells. They were blue and purple pomegranate. And the scarlet material was attached to the bottom of the high priest's garment. And the pomegranate is a symbol for righteousness and life everlasting. While the bells were heard, others would know that the priest was still alive and that he had been accepted by God. The reason I tell you this, because everything with God and reverence has purpose. I recall hearing about the bells and the pomegranate. The arrangement of the bells alternating around the hem of the priest's robe had a unique symbolism and a reminder for our lives. Bell, pomegranate. Bell, pomegranate. Bell, pomegranate. Prayer, life. Prayer, life. Prayer, 
life. This shows us the importance of relationship with God through times of prayer and having that relationship. Well, there was also the rope. And according to the account of the rabbis preserved in the Talmud, which is the Jewish law, the high priest wore the rope around his waist. And as he made his way absolutely alone into the Holy of Holies, the rope that he wore served as a very practical, reverent purpose. Because in the event that the high priest said or did something wrong, it was generally believed that he would be struck dead for his offense. Yes, right then and there. And the only the high priest could enter the Holy Holies, and the rope enabled the assistants to safely pull the body out of the, of the inner sanctum in the event of mishap. Well, God isn't going around Old Testament zapping us today when we mess up. But in order to be more aware of God, we need to remember the importance of being reverent towards God, to revere God in our hearts and our lives. Again, remember that reverence for God is honor and respect, and it's felt intrinsically, deeply, and outwardly demonstrated as we do today together as we come to worship him. To be reverent means, again, the conscious constant awareness that we are in the presence of an awesome and holy God. Secondly, reverence leads to a deeper awareness of God. Hebrews 12, 28 to 29 says, therefore, we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I mean, that, that alone is a promise. That's something we hold on to dearly. So let us be thankful. So worship God acceptably and with reverence and awe, for God is a consuming fire. Developing a reverence for the Lord is a practice which creates deeper awareness of God in our lives. As Christians, we all should want to have that deeper awareness and desire of God in our lives. After all, this kingdom that we hear about cannot be shaken. We are thankful for this, and we worship God acceptably and with reverence and awe. A a reverent person is submissive, and a submissive person is at rest. And I tell you that as a a type A controlling person. (laughs) A reverent person is submissive, and a submissive person is at rest. A submissive person wants to trust God and pursues the trust of God to meet his or her needs, wants to enjoy and see good days. We do good, we seek peace, and we pursue God. The reverence for God is where we are given hope for a future, a hope that cannot be shaken. And when we have reverence for God, we have that deeper awareness of God giving hope for next steps. Psalm 62, 6 I call these bathroom mirror verses because these are the ones that should be on all of our bathroom mirrors. He alone is my rock and salvation. He is my fortress where I shall not be shaken. Just a beautiful reminder when we wake up in the morning or when we go to bed at night. Strong words. Rock, fortress, salvation. I will not be shaken. Way too often we fight against submission We want to fight for our right. We demand equal treatment. We say it's not fair. 
The fight is over when we submit to God. By submitting, we allow God to work. And when we submit to God, we are at rest and we grow in godly character. In Scripture, we are reminded to grow in certain things. Humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, which is bearing with each other, and love. Our lives would be in submission to the Holy Spirit who produces hearts of joy and gratitude in us. And quick side note here, gentleness isn't weakness. (laughs) Gentleness is strength under control. It's, it's using the strength that we have. And there's a great visual of a war horse. A war horse doesn't go into action until the command is given. So gentleness and meekness are certainly not weakness. There are certain things we need to stand up for. We just need to make sure we align them with God's timing and his purpose. There is a, a quote by an unknown person that relates to our submission to God. And it says, most people wish to serve God but in an advisory capacity only. With God, we would do well with less advising and with more wonder and awareness. We are reminded what reverence is and that reverence leads to a deeper awareness of God, and it would be good to have some practical steps to developing that attitude for God in a personal way in our spiritual lives. And that's what I leave you with developing an attitude of reverence. There are 10 quick, personal, practical steps that develop an attitude of of reverence in our lives. How we show respect to God. And you've done a few of these already today. First, set aside a day for worship. Good job. The Sabbath is not a suggestion. It is a command. Sunday should be a day of rest, not filled with more things Again, set God apart. Set aside holy places of worship. We are gathered here today in a sanctuary, this place of worship. We can respect the name of the Lord, not using God's name in vain. Fourthly, we can admit our humanness. Pray to God and ask forgiveness and confession to God. I say this often, if you cannot remember the last time you were wrong about something, be very careful. (laughs) This might be a block for you. Adjustments are all part of the Christian life. Developing an attitude of reverence, we live exemplary lives, we're role models to others. This is a standard and should be biblically based, not for our glory, but for God's glory. Growing is being a lifelong learner in our humility, our gentleness, our patience, our forbearance, bearing with one another in love. We give of our time, of our talents, of our treasures, and we do this not out of obligation, but out of hearts of worship. Seven, praising God and celebrating his wonders, looking around and honoring God through creation and the answered prayers in our lives, taking care of the environment, We just sung it. This is my Father's world. Time in nature and stillness is nourishing. Amen, (laughs) Dee? We should have attitudes of reverence for God by caring and enjoying God's creation, what he's given us and what God has made. Look after the needy 
This is how we can be reverent and developing attitudes of reverence. The book of James talks about religion defined. Religion that God our Father sees as pure and faultless is to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and keeping oneself from being polluted from the world. This is religion to care for one in their plight. And ten, share this story. How beautiful and how important these truths that, we've, that we read and that we hear. Take moments to share God with others. I often say that if someone's not ready for church, if they're not ready for the Bible, show them love. Because God is love. And by showing them love, you've given them God. Now what? Well, my hope for each of us is that we have a renewed focus and a reverence for God in each of our lives. Developing a reverence for the Lord is a practice which, again, creates a deeper awareness of God in our lives. It centers us. It keeps us from being shaken. And it puts us in step with him. And that is a sweet aroma. Amen? Amen. Let us take time to think about these words. Let us take some moments to think about who God is in reverence and in awe.